0: Yo, so
1: do I always start the podcast out with yo? Probably. Yeah. Sometimes with music.
0: Okay, how about this? I'm going I'm to flip it. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Oi.
2: Oi? Oi would be the opposite. Hola. No. Hola. Why you got to correct me up in here? <laughs>
0: Hola. Jacked up. Yo soy Michael Jr. <laughs> Welcome to Funny How Life Works. This episode is referred to as Funny How Life Works as a writer, ooh, there's some people at the table who write and you're about to find out some stuff. You might be asking yourself, what could I learn from a person who writes? Well, you're about to find out because this is funny how life works and we're about to make it work, so get ready, okay.
3: I love this podcast. You'll be laughing out loud and all of a sudden, boom,
2: something that can really help you drops in your lap. I like it because I unexpectedly learn about life. It is so funny. I get to laugh and learn about life at the same time.
3: I like listening to Funny How Life Works with the car of my parents.
2: <laughs> with the car and my parents. Okay.
0: Super excited to be back here. I have uh, two amazing friends with me. Really? Re- and Kyle. Ha. Thanks, man. Um, <laughs> so we got Pastor Kyle. He's stuck around. We're going to do another episode. It's going to be awesome. We have so much fun. Um, we're going to talk about writing today, but we have some non-sponsored sponsors we want to kick it about. And the non-sponsored sponsor is Dory. You want to tell them?
2: It's what it is or who it is. I have a question.
0: <laughs> you always got a question. I wonder what it would be like if I started talking in questions, huh? I don't even think
2: I don't think I could do it. It's harder than you. How think. would that go? <laughs> um, funny for the forgotten.
0: Funny for the forgotten. That is right. If you want to support, if you want to help us take funny to people who've been forgotten, go to funnyfortheforgotten.com dot com, and you could help us do that or become a patron. An opener that'd be pretty dope in the studio with me today. Tech guy Nick is out, like, he's he's out. Uh, see, this is what happened when you meet a girl, you start acting all high society. Now, why why is Nick not here today again? Do we know
3: he stayed in Colorado?
0: No, so so so.
1: <laughs> he's working the uh pre- presbytery at um Gateway. Oh, that's so dope.
2: Oh. Do you
0: guys know what? You, have you been to a presbytery before? No, you've told no. me about it. They're dope. There's one going down today. They got something this whole week going. Well, for the next two days, it's going down. Oh, it's going to take the team, but I need them, I need them to make money instead. He's giving <laughs> words to people. No, I hope not. I hope not. Anyway, Nick is doggone ph- phenomenal. He's not here today. So, standing in for Nick, Dory at 5'1. You're pretty close to being a little person, aren't you?
2: I am. Yeah, Only you were like telling me about four that. Four inches from being able to claim a disability for height. Really? <laughs> yes.
0: Wow. Four foot
2: nine. You get get money, I guess, I mean, for not being able to reach stuff.
0: (laughs) You can Mm. still reach Mm. your dream, so I'm sure you can. And make it up for the deficit, because Nick is 6'7". We also brought in my man, Pastor Kyle. Thanks for being here from Scent Church. It's good to be here. uh, Is it in Plano? It's in Plano. Scent Church. (laughs) S-E-N-T-C-H-U-R-C-H. That's right, man. Scent Church. And what does that mean?
3: means just as the father has sent jesus so he's sending us
0: mm. we've been sent do you find it hard when you have a church with one syllable name yeah people assume it's like
3: s c e n t like the aroma of christ like it smells good oh, no. what would
0: jesus smell like
3: <laughs> unshowered
0: because <laughs> <laughs> there like, wasn't <laughs> showers you know what some people think this this stuff really blessed me when I first be, first found out about jesus cuz i always thought you're supposed to be broke to be holy you ever had that? You know, a lot of people think that. A lot of people do a think lot of people that. Would, I don't think that. Yeah, I don't think that at all. But one thing that really blessed me about that that made it super clear was uh, a friend was telling me, They said, I don't know why people think Jesus didn't have money. Um, when he went to go feed the 5,000, right? He went to go feed 5,000 soldiers, which means there were probably children, women and children, in fact, it's in Luke. We never opened a Bible on a podcast before, probably because I don't got one, but we should. <laughs> I think it's in Matthew, Luke. Mark, Luke, and John. Yeah, it's in all of them, but <laughs> the one in Luke specifically, they asked Jesus a question when they got all these people there and they're hungry, and he said, hey, um, the people are hungry and it's late. Would you like us to go buy them something to eat? You got enough money. <laughs>
2: wow, I never
0: thought of that. You got That's enough crazy. money to feed 15,000 people right now? You And he had a treasurer. Like you don't, if you ain't got no money, you don't need no treasure. That's true. You're just gonna throw it out there. <laughs> I mean, the treasurer had two reasons. Two, he was counting the money. He was. He was also going. Uh, he was also going to betray Jesus. But yes. you know, he had two reasons. <laughs> but that was pretty dope. So that that was just a random note on the side. Let's talk about um our openers. Openers, you guys are awesome. We so appreciate you. Can't say enough about you. We're gonna um we're gonna are we gonna read a review? Yes. Let's read a review. In addition to reading a review. We're, we also ask you guys to leave a review. If you leave a review on any of our platforms, we'll actually read the review, potentially, if it's, if it's a six-star review. We'll read it <laughs> right here on the show. So we really appreciate it. Also, please tell some friends about about the uh, Funny How Life Works. It just really helps to get the word out because we really want to use funny to help people understand how life works. So share it with a friend. We also have a voicemail number you guys can call. You can call us and leave us a voicemail asking any question you want. Just say, Michael Jr., I was wondering, and just dial 903-213-2019. 903-213-2019. Any voicemails, talk?
1: Yeah, we got one.
0: We have today. a voicemail. That's until voicemail. We didn't get one. Say it again. Because then it sounds like ain't nobody calling. <laughs> we got any voicemails?
1: Yeah, We got voicemails.
0: You can't say S because that's a lion. Just say yes. <laughs> if you just say yes. Cool. We, we gave the wrong number before. I think that's why we don't have to. Anyway, go, go ahead. Ak. What is the voicemail? Hello, Michael Jr. I was wondering, um, <laughs> why do you let Tech Guy Nick be around so often?
1: <laughs> Hi, this is Alex from Illinois. Michael Juden Jr.,
2: I was wondering, how did you and Nick, Tech Guy Nick meet?
0: It's a
2: good question. I know. I don't
0: know this story. So Nick was in an autograph line, and uh, <laughs> he was at the front. And I was like, "Dude, you haven't been waiting in line long enough." <laughs> no, no. Uh, how did how did I meet Tech? Oh, he he interviewed for the position, mm-hmm. yep. and then he went through a process of getting interviewed. I think Rachel interviewed with him. You interviewed with him, Ock, and then uh, then at some point I sat down with him. He was really nervous and afraid. Do you remember that?
1: Yeah, I do. And he was
0: pretty shaky.
1: Well, I feel like everyone is a little bit in an yeah. interview. So it Not was mean. like normal nervousness.
0: Mean. I just did an interview with last, NBC. I
2: was like, what's the last job you interviewed <laughs> <I just> for? <before? laughs> oh, I
0: just did it. I just did an interview a couple weeks ago. In the Last week on TBN. I'm just playing. <laughs> CBS. That sounds better. Okay, yeah, he was a little nervous. Good dude, though. Like, you could tell he really wanted to be able to do this. I could tell immediately that we couldn't work together. Like, you know how you can just tell <laughs> immediately? In fact, let's get him, I know he's not going to answer, but let's see, let's see my voicemail. Let's call Nick right now. Because Nick is doing some really cool stuff with his church right now, some really awesome stuff where he's helping out in a big way. So we felt like, hey, man, that's a big deal, man. You should do that. But let's call him just to see if we can bother him a little bit. Hello? Yo, ridiculous. What's up? What you doing, man?
4: Uh, I'm at Presbytery. I had texted the last week um, that I wasn't able to make it in today because I was already pre-scheduled uh, to work Presbytery for Gateway.
3: I'm sorry. We're going to have to let you go.
0: <laughs> Ridiculous. You're on the podcast, man. We just thought we'd say, that's great that you're doing Presbytery, man. That's awesome. Hey, a question just came into the voicemail. How did we, cool. we first meet? Do you remember?
4: How did we first meet? Okay. I don't think you're going to remember this, but... Um, it was backstage at North Fort Worth campus of gateway. Uh, you were doing a woman's night there. There's the pink impact sort of women's mystery and oh, you and Jason girls night. were doing a set. Yeah. And oh. you did the other show.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. You were there, weren't you?
4: Yeah. I was working backstage. I was the MC for Jason to intro him, but, uh, I was controlling everything on stage.
0: Oh, yeah, you're right. I absolutely don't remember that. (laughs) You're 100% right, man. Dude, well, we're sad that you're not on this episode, man. We're not having fun at all, are we? No, it's yeah. not the same without you. <laughs> yeah. Well,
4: technically, I am on the episode. If you think about it, it might be via phone call and miles away, but I'm still on. That's now. right.
0: Well, we'll see what our editor <laughs> has to say about that. <laughs> well, you know. Anyway, dude, you're awesome. It's we, okay.
4: I slipped Andy a five for the last time, so he should be able to keep me on. Good. If $5? not, I want my five bucks
0: back. Five dollars, bro.
4: Five dollars. <laughs> yes, you five gave bucks. him, You think dude, you're gonna make a couple on. of five dollars?
0: Anyway. You're awesome, dude. We really appreciate you, man. Can't wait to the next episode when you when you're back around again, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. Cool. Hey, when's, when's, the do? when's the baby? When's the
4: baby due? kids, baby? I got nothing. I
0: don't <laughs> know. You ain't got no kids on the way? All right, that's fine, man. No. Hey. Well, hey, I mean, like
4: f- future, like years. Hey, before you, you know, go,
0: uh, I was wondering. Hey, how's your mom doing? How's Gail? <laughs> what?
4: Really? You're gonna do that? <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> yeah, I'm just half asking half about your right mom. How's she doing? You know, I could ask one of the
0: presenters,
4: one of the prophetic people over here. Hey, do you got to work for Michael Schindler
0: possibly say, uh, stop asking about Nick's mom, girlfriend? Yeah, I think we'll oh, so. Yeah, That's, that's great. I yeah. appreciate it, Nick. All right. You're awesome, yeah. dude. You you sound, uh, I, I never really talked to you on the phone before. You sound like you have a big beard. You sound very more. Yes. <laughs> you got to trim that thing. Well, dude. you know, it's, kinda control. it's of control. It's eye control. Absolutely. Hey, uh, remember when they used to say, hey, Tom, want to talk to you. Remember that? No, oh, man. But you can't do it anymore. You know what that is? No.
1: What? But Does
0: anybody know when it, you're on the phone with somebody? And say they say, "Hey, tone, want to talk to you?"
1: Oh, I thought you said yeah. "tone."
0: Oh, oh, tone. tone. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. barely hear what you
4: just said. I just hear All right. So here
0: you go, Nick. Listen.
1: <laughs> tone want to talk to you. Goodness.
0: You gotta. Uh, gotta nobody hang wants to talk to me. Okay, yeah. No, no, we do. <laughs> the dial tone.
2: Oh, the dial tone. I got it.
0: (laughs) Nick is gone. Nick is gone. Anyway, that's Nick. He's awesome. We really appreciate that guy a lot. Don't forget to leave a review. Let's read a review. Hey, let's let uh, Pastor Kyle read a review. Oh, man.
3: Nice. All right. It says... Laughter is good like a medicine. Thank you for a podcast that brings laughter for the whole family, and also gives pause to simple but powerful life lessons. I also thank Michael Jr. for being a godly man and for expressing his love for his wife and children. The family doesn't need any more negativity in these days. Thank you for being a positive influence. God bless. Oh, I was laughing for a minute because I thought it said I want to thank Michael Jr. for being a goofy man, but it says godly man. I'm it. So. Ooh, goofy is a hard word. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it would have been. I was yeah, like, wow. That oh, stuff. That's, tough. that's a great review.
0: That is a good review.
3: Yeah, Dory, you got one
0: you want to read?
2: I will. Go ahead. I. I okay,
0: so let me tell everybody what this episode is about. I'm just, I didn't want, I just want <laughs> okay. to put you on this part real quick, Dory. <laughs> so here's what we're gonna do. This episode is all about writing. So I have a process in which I write, and Dory has a process in which she writes. But to mix it up a little bit, instead of just focusing on comedy and really quality, quality strong content.
4: No, I'm just playing. Wow. <laughs> I'm just,
0: oh just playing. Instead of just focusing on the funny, which is what Dory does, I do to a degree. We also thought we'd have a pastor in as well because we want to kind of learn what your process is. And then we're going to show you what our process is. And then maybe we can learn something from each other. And then maybe even the listener can learn something about if there's any sort of presentation you want to do or writing or even get behind the thought process of what a pastor may go through in preparation for a message or what we may go through in preparation to uh present to you as well, and then what you could do in preparation to present to whoever it is you have to present to, whether it be your kids because you're a stay at home mom your husband like there's some some takeaways here for sure
3: well, I often am thinking about what it is that I can say that people will remember because some studies say people forget ninety five percent of what they've heard on Sunday by Wednesday morning, so I'm thinking, how can I say I didn't even something? do that study though hey like you take you know and be like what do you they survey them You say, what did your pastor preach on on Sunday? And most people say, I don't remember. Because they're overwhelmed with content during the week, you know, like podcasts and stuff.
2: I would say, like,
0: Right. Right. funny how life works. But in terms
3: of, yeah, funny how writing works. Uh, In terms of, like, statements, I really try to avoid shoulds and oughts in any of my sermon points. So you're saying that people should avoid shoulds. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I would never say that from the stage. Yeah, (laughs) You should avoid shoulds. So if I was at a preaching conference, I wouldn't say it that way. Because Mm -hmm. shoulds and oughts really end up coming across like rules. Rules come across like religion, not relationship. Mm. And rules rarely lead to freedom. So when we use shoulds and oughts in sermon points, it doesn't inspire people to action. It just puts boundaries up, which
0: we all now, know boundaries that, are good, but... Now, do you know from experience or is that something that was taught when you went to uh, seminary school?
3: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, I'm curious. Like Seminary seminary did not have a class that said, don't use shoulds and oughts. I've learned it from experience. So yeah. so, so
0: I can give you an ex- experience. So here's a, You wear a watch on stage, right? I often do. Yes. And have you ever looked at your watch while you're on stage? Actually, no. So that's one thing about me.
3: I... I don't really pay attention to time. I don't look at the really as a, as a about,
0: pastor. You don't look at the time seriously. You just keep going. That's no, no, no. Not stereotypical
3: <laughs> at all. <laughs> as I bring it to a close for the third time. Right. No, yeah. I um, it's just you do something long enough, you kind of know consistently where you're at. Time, absolutely. yeah, absolutely, it's, yeah. So I don't often look at my watch. It's cool.
0: So what happens if you do look at your watch on stage?
3: It feels weird to me. It feels. What, what does it say
0: to the audience?
3: I think what it says to the audience is I'm either rushing through my content. Um, I'm more concerned about time than I am about connecting with you.
0: Yeah. Saying yeah. I ain't got time for this. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody got ain't nobody got, ain't nobody right. got. time for this. Right. Money.
2: <laughs> Howlifeworksbook.com. But, but what <laughs> I do when I I'm so
3: writing hard. my sermons, I'll sometimes, if I have a point that I'm really trying to make, I might write it four or five different ways because I'm trying to figure out which one is the most inspirational before I, before I land on which way I'm going to say it, you know? So if I wanted to say, um, you know, like this past weekend I preached about the blessing of burdens. So even on, mm-hmm. on that, I talk about, am I saying the blessings of burdens, the blessing of a burden? Uh, it's, it's a blessing when we have burdens. Like I'm thinking that was just a sermon title. I was thinking, what is the best way to say it? I landed on the blessing of a burden. And I was wanting to convey to people that just because they have burdens, it doesn't mean that that's the whole story. There are often blessings that come mm-hmm. with burdens. I think you talk about that a lot that whatever set you back could be a setup for mm-hmm. what God has in store for you for the future. So I wanted to figure yeah, out how to say great. it without saying what you say.
0: So <laughs> that's hilarious. So, how do you, Um, well, how much of it is you leaning on impromptu or what the Holy Spirit, why are saying in the moment versus? You got it all laid out, you know, you you got it all planned out. So I don't fully
3: manuscript my sermons. I use an outline to give me the freedom to listen to the Holy Spirit in the moment. So when mm-hmm. I step on the platform, often I have my outline with me. There was a, my, my preacher professor in seminary did say this. He said, have your love affair with the notes the night before, because if you, and he said, don't memorize if you memorize, then you're bound. You don't have freedom right. to connect with people Ooh, in the room.
0: If you memorize, you bound. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Let me write that down. That may show up in the off-the-cuff <laughs> moment up in here because I'm
3: doing some extra math. Let's see. But he said, have your love affair with the notes the night before, but then you want to have the freedom to interact with the, the congregation. And so I, I try and lean into those moments. Now, I will tell you, there are times when I might feel like, I really need to say this, ooh, but that could sting. And if I know it could sting, there are times when I'll write it out first, and I'll really wrestle with it in writing first because I don't want somebody to be able to come back later and say, and say that I said something that I know I didn't say. So if I know it's a sensitive topic, it's gonna be really tough, I wanna make sure I know what I'm planning to say so that when I say it-
0: what well, that shows up in the words. moment though, because I've said some pretty, pretty brisk stuff in the moment, that people weren't prepared for. And then some, as a result of it, it, you know, it's some pretty cool <laughs> stuff happens actually. But yeah. In the moment, have you ever been like, nah, I ain't saying that.
3: Of course I've had those moments. Uh-huh. What was
0: you going to say? <laughs> 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 okay. Okay. Let's uh, focus. This yeah. is dope. Yeah. Uh, this is really, really good because we're, we're getting a little bit into the, the nitty gritty of your process, but I am curious why, what, what, what happens if in the moment you feel like you should say something? So I'm going to go real deep, real quick. Mm-hmm. So I, I was in Austin, Texas, four weeks ago. And I'm doing a joke. And uh, I'm talking about how I used to struggle with my reading as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I talk about how my set, you know, just like you mentioned, your setbacks are part of your setup. And then I give it, an, and sometimes I give an example. You could have had this happen, or your parents could have got divorced. But this time I said, maybe you were raped, which is a mm-hmm. hard phrase to use just in general right and um and i said god can use that he didn't cause it but he can use it in preparation for what he's called for you to do and i just moved on right which is a hard word good thing is i got comedy on both sides of that thing but i felt like that's the phrase i was supposed to use Yep. so then afterwards afterwards the the, uh, pastor comes back to my green room maybe 20 minutes after service is over because i have another uh i'm speaking again there other services he said um He's in tears. He's like, there's a there's dad in the you got and he's telling me the story about this dad who approached him and was in tears, who never came to church before. He's like 60 years old, like a man's man, all car hard, big pickup truck, all that stuff. And he's telling me the story about this guy, but the guy is still there. Like the story's still happening, and he this dude was just telling me about him. Like, dude, let's go find out. Mm-hmm. So I go out to the lobby to meet the guy because he really wants to talk to me. And he explains to me. That his daughter had been raped, and um, she had been coming to this church, and she didn't really know what to do. She was so, but but for support, not only was she raped, but she also had the baby.
2: Oh my god!
0: Right, and the baby, and they didn't know what to do. And the the father of the child was still harassing him a lot, and they wanted him to no longer have custody because mm. he was being very, very. He was just harassing a lot. Mm-hmm. So she come to church and she praying about her and she hurt. She don't got no friends. She don't know nobody. And she asking her parents, could you come to church with me, please? Please come to church. Please come to church. And he's like, no, we ain't going to no church. Cause they're doing, they're doing well and all of this stuff as far as financially, but they're hurt because of the situation. So they decide, okay, fine. We're going to go to church with you. And they can't stand the guy. Obviously the dad is just hurt and broke up and they're sitting there in church and, um, and the, the, the daughter is hurting and they came there and, it's comedy. And I'm laughing. Then I talk about setbacks can be part of your setups. So you can deliver something greater. There mm-hmm. could be something amazing. Mm-hmm. Then I say the line. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've been raped. God didn't cause it, but He will use it in the future for something magnificent. And then they get and then she they both all three of them are kind of shook by this a little bit because they never heard such a thing at church. Then they walk out and um and her attorney calls her on Sunday her attorney's like, I don't know what just took place, but the other, the guy's attorney's called and they're going to completely relinquish Mm -hmm. all custody rights to the whole thing. Oh, what I forgot though, is in that moment, she surrendered. After I said that, Mm -hmm. she completely surrendered everything to God and said, God, you do whatever you're going to do. Mm -hmm. Then they get this phone call that that dude also surrendered his parental rights and he's not going to be a problem for anymore. And the dad is in the lobby, done in tears he had never been to church before the mom was wow. like We're staying away from church yeah they in the lobby in tears then they brought this beautiful little little vanilla baby out <laughs> and I, did, I held the baby i oh, mean it was such an amazing story but it was just in that moment i felt like that is something that needed to be said right regardless to what i had prepared right in advance wow. yeah so that's a big deal to be able to listen yeah,
3: yeah. i mean i've had moments like that where you just like, I didn't script this. I didn't plan this. Mm-hmm. I remember one time, it was doing one service. Normally had two services on Sunday morning, but on one particular service, I felt like I was supposed to sing a verse of Amazing Grace somewhere in the sermon, mm-hmm. right? So I started, I was like, hey, I don't know why, but I sing this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a lady comes up afterwards, and she's just like, you don't know how much that song just meant to me. Mm-hmm. My dad died um, sometime in the last couple weeks. and. That was his favorite song. And I came to church today saying, God, I just need you to speak to me personally. And then mm. when you started singing Amazing Grace, she's just like, I felt like that was God saying, I got you. Because that was her dad's favorite song. Mm. Wow. So, yeah, stuff like that happens. That and you just realize, I got to listen. But on the flip side, you asked me, like, what was I going to say? You were joking. Like, when I have not said what I felt prompted to say, my wife is a cancer survivor. There are times when I feel like the perfect analogy is just like people are always looking for a cure to cancer to where mm. it would never afflict anyone again. There is a cure for sin. His name is Jesus, mm-hmm. right? But my wife made it clear to me every time you mention my my mm. victory over cancer from the stage, it takes me back to that place where I was going through chemo and it makes me really sad. Mm. Mm. And so there are times when I might feel like, ooh, the cancer analogy would be so helpful here. But if I look down and I see my wife, her, I guess needs emotionally supersede that nudge, and I and I, I I'm doing the math as you say mm-hmm. in the moment, like Lord, is this me? Is this you? Like what, you want me to say this? I'm not going to step on her emotions though to do that, mm-hmm. and so help me to process that, Lord. And
0: um, yes. Yeah, so-, so what what what. Yeah, that, that's that's dope. So, what, Pastor Robert? One thing Pastor Robert did when he was going—well, anyway, let's talk about the writing process. That right. is dope. We could go deep. That's yeah, a different. It's yeah. a different podcast. We could go deep, but that's great, man. That's that's really good. I'm glad you 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 sang the right song. brother <laughs> <laughs> was like, "Oh man, you could have been like, check that thing, check that thing," oh, which God. is Dory's song that's always oh, really? in her head, right? Your yeah. yeah. Dory. Should they like,
3: got low, low, low? low. <laughs> That's a new COVID commercial now, by the
0: way. Yeah, yeah, make it a Prices commercial. get low, low, low. Yeah, I, I get it, Pastor. That's all you're going to mention in the commercial. It's commercialized. Hey I can, man, I can see that. Yeah. Have you seen that commercial? <laughs> you know what he's referring to where he says shorty gets low? Dory. No. <laughs> what do you, what do you think that might mean? What do you think that might mean?
2: I don't know. I'm... <laughs> Five foot one, so I guess I'm a shorty. I don't know. She's like
0: I'm already low. I'm low, already, low. Yeah. Like it's I'm... really when you find low prices at Kroger. There you go.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh before that. Coupons. Did you just have? Did you just have a co- contraction?
1: Uh, no, she's just moving.
0: Yay. Oh, Okay, you so, having you having them fake ones? Sure, got low, low. I have low, had low, a few Braxton low. Hicks. Is the baby low? 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 <laughs> baby ready to come out? I've
1: dropped. Yes.
3: Wow. See, shorty got low. Shorty oh. got low. She <laughs> low. Time, yeah. Wow. She so got to listen to the Lord. I could have kept that in my head, but look at the moment it created.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so the Lord said to you, <laughs> "I, I say, Shorty, go Shorty got low. Shorty got low." Cool. Um. So our writing process just it just might give you some insight. So me, Dory, and Mike Goodwin, I came. Up, we came up with this way of because a lot of times when comedians get in a room together, I was irritated and you've experienced this as well, we show up with a... Tell them what the normal joke writing process is.
2: Well, I think if you try to try to do it with friends, like, it's... We end up cutting up a lot, and then just kind of, like, sometimes it'll just be over from that, but or... Yeah, we'll, just, right. Right. You know, it's not productive, and then sometimes <laughs> somebody imperfect. will say, like, well, for girls, girl comedians are different because we won't mess with each other. Like, so... Like someone might say, "Oh, here's my punchline. What do you think?" Well, we're not gonna be like it stinks. Like we're gonna be like, <laughs> we're gonna be like, "Oh, that especially, was hilarious."
0: Especially women—they're not gonna tell the truth. <laughs> like, oh, girl, I love your hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, her hair. Right. So
2: it's like you're not once you know their punchline. It's almost like you can't make a suggestion because it's like, right. well, did now you, you're saying, "Well, this would be funnier." You did know? you
0: understand that before we came up with this process?
2: I mean, I don't think I knew why it wasn't working. I just knew it wasn't working. Like, because I wouldn't want to say anything once they gave us a punchline punchline, and you you can't say, go a different direction. Don't, you know, guys might, I don't know, but I can't. Yeah. I I, I
0: would. I I would. I believe I would. You would. So you, of course dude, you Dude, just open the food up, man. We can hear it anyway. Just go <laughs> ahead and open it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Coming through the microphone? I thought it was really
0: rain. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> Just open it. Okay. Well, so please. what she's talking about is I would meet with some comedian friends of mine, some that you know, and uh, we would get together. I'm like, all right, guys, here goes some stuff I'm working on. Let's get together and figure out this thing and make it really pop for the people. And the cats would start performing. Yeah. And it's miserable. Meaning it's fun. We're having fun kicking it, but we're being, being very unproductive. At the end of it, I got... Because it takes a long time to write comedy. Because the thing right. about comedy, or like Akilah can sing, you know how to preach when God tells you to. <laughs> and But the thing about comedy, it's result-driven. Like, there's some results. Like, you, you know immediately if you did well or not. Right. Versus...
2: <laughs> the feedback is, yeah, not there or there. It's
0: instant feedback. Like, you could sing and be like... Um,
2: no, you can see their faces. <laughs> I
0: know, but you can misread a face though. You can easily misread or somebody can smile and act and as if it's good and you wouldn't really know. But if the, people can't fake a laugh, one person can fake a laugh. An right. audience will not fake a laugh. So so we decided I I came up with this idea. I was like, what if we wrote down the premise of the joke only? Okay. And then emailed it to each other, and then the other comedians start working on it, and then we meet up, and we discuss what that process— I mean, then we discuss the bullets. And you don't give us the punchline until the end. So that's kind of what we decided to do. And then Dory has an example here. Dory had a premise. What was your premise, Dory?
2: My premise, my first one was, um, I hate froyo places. My kids always pick the heaviest toppings.
0: Right, so here's what Dory always does every single time. Sorry. She'll give us a little bit. What, what, see, you're apologizing already. <laughs>
2: okay, I know what you're going to say. What am you, I going to say? You're going to say I did give a little bit of a punchline. Yes. I, but I was just trying to go in some direction so that it's not like, why would I hate for what if, I don't know.
0: You could you could say, I don't like going to fro-yo places with my kids. Boom, that's it. Okay, There's that's nothing true. funny there. True, true. But the heaviest... Because you, if, if it's funny at the end, then that means it's funny. And you gave us too much direction. Okay. So the key is not to give too much direction right. to let us go anywhere. Because where I was going was uh, some things I wrote down. This was from a long time ago. Um, See, like I'm thinking Froyo places is a place where you always, like Kyle, you ever had a white friend who wanted to be black? <laughs> Right? And he's like, yo, I'm going to fro-yo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get a fro, and I'll be like, yo. Oh. That's what, I, that's oh what I'm gosh. saying. What I'm saying, though, as a, as another writer, I can't go there if you mention your kids in that thing. True. Like, I, like you already steered me in a different place. And then another one is, um, oh, I went to an actual fro-yo place that added water to their yogurt. What? They added a little bit of water, so it would be just a little heavier,
2: <gasps>
0: and he could charge more money. This is messed up. Just add water. I am like, why is it so dark? Why young yogurt so dark? <laughs> wow. Dude was adding water to the mix in the back. So when it came through it was heavier. I knew he was. Ooh, it was it was How it was.
2: did you know? Did you I go back a, there? I
0: had a sense and then we sit in the car eating it. I was like, something. Hmm. And I went back to the dude. I was like, Did you add some water to this? No, night? I no add no water. <laughs>
3: what? How do you
0: always have that? he like You'd have to process that a little bit before you answer. I do answer in a second when I came back in there. Hey, did you add some? No, I didn't add any water. Okay. Is water fine.
2: even heavier than frozen yogurt like don't you? it sounds like it wouldn't be heavier I'm i don't not, know not, it, well, his not, like, yogurt was not his right? yogurt
0: was nowhere near as dense i mean as fluffy as yogurt normally is oh. so it's way more dense so, so try to
2: make it. it more dense i'm trying to think what he would add to that to make it
0: are you opening the frozen yogurt we're we working on the <laughs> yogurt? Oh, what are Sorry. some other things Oxy, i added to that do you have that list because I, I, you sent me a text but it's super long, <laughs>
3: I don't want to read long you text. still go to fro-yo places
0: no. I don't think I've been at Froyo place in two years.
2: Yesterday. That's why that place is closed.
3: You went yesterday?
0: <laughs> I went yesterday. Really? <laughs> that's because she 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 well, fought because sure. she five one. She just opened a thing up and opened her mouth. <laughs> What's We've a been good been... Froyo place?
2: Um uh, well, I was in California this weekend and oh, okay. I was at a so I don't know. What Were it's you called.
0: in California? Yeah. Um. <laughs> yes, you <okay. laughs> never mind. You were, yeah. Oh, cool. Thanks for getting back here. I appreciate it. All right, what are what some more? So these are some of the premises I gave to Dory's Froyo, but this was like five months ago. I don't even remember them. Go. What are they?
1: Do you have to get the rock candy?
0: Ooh, yeah. So I go rock candy, but you also said the heaviest stuff, so it's right. kind of the same pattern. What else?
1: Why is the spoon in before you
2: weigh it? Oh yeah, they do oh, it I don't time. even do that. You know, I actually I i have embarrassed myself. I wipe down their their scale. Like I'm like I don't want if there's like some stuff on there, I'll get a napkin, I'll She's wipe like, it Wait, off.
0: There's wow. a feather. <laughs> there's oh a feather on the scale. <laughs> and I'm
2: like, and I take awesome. out the spoon. I'm like, no. There's you was the
0: owner though, you'd be you'd have metal spoon. Be like, oh, for here only. <laughs> yeah. But throw it in there. It's for here only. <laughs> yeah. All right, what else?
1: I researched which flavor was less dense. Oh,
0: there that's hilarious. So you could be super cheap yeah Be like yo which one of these take up the less weight is strawberries heavier than vanilla I know which is so then what Dory would do in turn is she would take all of these not all of them just the ones she was interested right. in and go ahead and develop them
2: but first I would tell you what my actual which was pros- what? What, which, what was your actual well I I legitimately hate those places because <laughs> I don't like the not control and my kids like I don't know what it is they'll they'll put like like the chocolate-covered strawberry. I'm like, you know how much that is? Like, that's like a pound of, of like, it's by the an ounce, and I'm like toasted coconut. Like, I'm a real advocate. I suddenly become a, a real advocate for <laughs> toasted coconut, for, like, you know, peanuts, or something, like, very light and uh, what about the airy. feathers. Yes. Try the feathers. <laughs> but <laughs> see, I have a question, feathers. though. So, yeah.
3: like, as you're processing that joke,
2: yeah,
3: I'm assuming you've already assumed that your audience can connect right. with that Some... topic. Right right you're thinking like for your audience they they can relate to your struggles with
0: fro places
2: well, i mean for the most part no, maybe but... i
0: think she would assume they don't have to relate to her struggle they just have to know what it is and you just how it to works know what a fro place is right. but they know what it is and if they know the fact that it um that they weigh it at the end mm-hmm. and she has free weighing to go anywhere she may have to do a little more setup mm-hmm. Like if people, if the assumption was people didn't understand that they weigh it at the end, she'd probably add to her setup something like, "The main thing I don't like about those places is how they weigh it at the end and determine how much they're going to charge you, and then go into her big so mm-hmm. she can take them wherever mm-hmm. you want to." So instead of just making some, instead of making too many assumptions, she just kind of set it up at the beginning, is it right? Right, for
2: her? right. Yeah. I'd have to set it up like that. We, you know, I don't like how they it's by the ounce, yeah. or you know, what we don't even know what an ounce is really. What right. weighs an ounce? like we don't know you you know (laughs) it's true it's true I'm like I got my own scale I just put it up there like no we're gonna reweigh it I think that's
0: what Michael's talking about you know
2: what (laughs) No idea what
0: I'm referring to. Yeah, that's right. Here, (laughs) Dory. I'm
3: I'm like, I'm like Jesus
2: at the um, turning of the tables. Like the scales are off. The scales are (laughs) uneven.
3: that's not (laughs) what he's talking about either. (laughs) Not Um, even a little bit.
2: Not even a little bit. (laughs) I might have saw a Jesus movie that was inner city humor. Not (laughs) some (laughs) urban humor. there you go. What is that?
3: (laughs) (laughs) That (laughs) is hilarious. (laughs) He's talking about your scale to measure your your pharmaceutical distribution. Your street. Pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals. <laughs> yeah,
0: your memory isn't that
2: great. It's not. <laughs> I wonder why.
3: But no, I think, like with scripture, when it comes to preaching, we're always wrestling with how much do we need to set up content or context for the passage? Mm-hmm. So we're talking about mm-hmm. Nehemiah. How much do people need to understand that there was this exile that happened? There was this moment where God said, Nope, y'all want to do your own thing, so I'm going to let you get routed and exiled. And now he's returning to rebuild a wall. How much of that do we need to give? Depends on the audience.
0: Yeah. Right? Okay, so. so talking about setup and then knowing how much to set up, what do you do as a pastor? What if the Bible, because right now you're assuming, just like Dory was assuming people know what Froyo is. Mm-hmm. What do you do when somebody shows up at the church? I mean, are you assuming that the Bible is their foundation when you prepare your message? Because it feels like that wouldn't be as impactful if you're making that assumption.
3: This is what we assume. Uh-huh. We assume that as ambassadors of Jesus, mm-hmm. we should preach from the Bible. But we don't assume that people are biblically literate anymore. Mm-hmm. We assume that most people are biblically illiterate, even mm-hmm. regular churchgoers. So we assume that we got to do a whole lot of context without it feeling like a seminary class.
0: Well, what I mean, though, is even if you go, if, if you assume that and you go to like Jeremiah Mm-hmm. Or Nehemiah. Right. And then you say, so what Nehemiah did was, but they don't even not just right. not know, right. but what if they even have some hostility toward right. this whole thing? Like, right. is there is there something additional? Is there what do you do under those circumstances? Yeah.
3: We try and we try and give more context. So like with Nehemiah, we're trying to say, Look, this is a historical book. In fact, it's one of the books that we have a lot of outside of the Bible evidence mm-hmm. for the fact that it happened. And so, therefore, you need to know this was a guy who worked for the government and who was inquiring about his hometown. And in my case, like when I preach on Nehemiah, I say I grew up in Detroit. Imagine if I ran into some old friends from Detroit and I say, hey, how's Detroit doing? And they told me, man, people in Detroit are they in trouble. Like the city is burned down. There's so many empty houses. So I try and contextualize it. 'Cause That's Nehemiah great. got that report, you know, about his hometown. That's great. And he didn't like it. And it moved him to action.
0: You ever you ever you ever start with Detroit and then go Nehemiah, for example?
3: Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. So yeah. sometimes it works well to set it up that way. Like, yeah. hey, I ran into a friend from Detroit or I went to my class reunion and blah mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. Yeah. It's just like Nehemiah. Other times I'll say, I'm gonna just read you the text. I know
0: you may not know who Nehemiah is or anything, but let me read it mm-hmm. and then I'll contextualize. But well, don't you feel like I'm wondering because as a as a presenter myself I feel like if I started with Detroit, I got everybody, mm-hmm. no matter where they are. Mm-hmm. But if I start with Nehemiah, I got a percentage of the room. Mm. Yeah. You know so I mean? so
3: there's there's the tension there, right? So this is why I would do it either way sometimes. But I feel like when people come into a church, they've already made a lot of assumptions just to even walk through the door. So they're not coming in thinking, I'm just gonna hear stories from a guy. They're thinking I'm probably going to hear something from the Bible, even though they don't know what the Bible is. Right. So yeah. what I'm
0: saying is, is or what if they're flipping through online, too? Not just coming through the doors. They mm-hmm. could be flipping through online. Yeah. So I feel like the Detroit story is just more engaging. Now, listen, the Bible is completely, entirely my foundation for yeah. everything I do. yeah, yeah. But I noticed that some people get a little hostile. I shouldn't say hostile, but they pull back a little bit if oh I, I felt myself as mm-hmm. a matter of fact, because people used to approach me with the Bible stuff mm-hmm. before I was a Christian. That stuff right. was weird. It is some creepy yeah. Christians out there. Yeah. And they'd be like, The book of James, the book, right. what book is it? Is it the book <laughs> called James? Like I don't know <laughs> what that is. Here's the tension. And I immediately yeah. would, would pull back and be mm-hmm. like, Ah, this is weird. Because their yeah. aunt or their cousin or somebody knocked on their door. We did the same thing or their parents was their grown parents was hiding from these people who had a bible in their hand right when they knock on their door yep so that stuff just instantly would bring fear to me
3: yeah i would say it all depends on where the sermon is going as to what the setup is in the first place so like with nehemiah we know he finds out he like he finds out some news and it burdens him yeah but so we don't know Well, know what i'm saying all is right. in in that text uh-huh. he's burdened about something so my sermon it may not start with detroit but it may start with something I was burdened by. So like when I preached on Nehemiah recently, I didn't start off the sermon with Nehemiah. I started off talking about how I'd been sitting in a meeting with the school in the area, and they were talking about achievement. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that the data was saying African-American students were performing way behind White students, yeah. What's up with and that? Dori? That thank uh, <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> and, and that that has always burdened me to the point where I'm like, I got to figure out, Lord, what do you want me to do about it? And I'm asking them, is there anything that burdens you? Because today we're gonna talk about a guy in the Bible who was burdened by something. So when it made sense to start with Detroit, it started with the burden, a personal burden that everybody no, can good. relate to.
0: Yeah, that's good. Then that's, I read that the text. is
3: Detroit, technically. Yeah, but then I get to Detroit when I try and explain the text, right? So I'm like, I just read these four verses to you, but let me let me put it in context for you. I'm from Detroit. Blah, 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 blah. Right. And that might even add to why I'm ever burdened about achievement gaps for African
0: American students. Here's one thing I like about Kyle. Yeah. So when we, we, first of all, you picked me up in my hometown of Grand Rapids one time when I went there, I, I barely knew this dude. I yeah. brought him to the front of the line once, this dude picks me up out of nowhere <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. from the airport. Remember yeah. that? That was yeah, dope. But then that. we also started talking about some sermons and some stuff you could do. Mm-hmm. And you actually applied one of those yeah. ideas. Yeah, I did. How
3: did, Wait, how did it go?
0: Oh, <laughs> I anyway. did it with my staff. Mm-hmm. Remember you had me, it was
3: uh turn off the lights and have yeah. them it was it was like have them think You don't well, remember that good. Are you gonna mess it up? I hey I, I remember sitting in I remember the room, I remember the lights going off, and then it was trying to get them in env- envision a certain future. Right. And but
0: it was a powerful exercise because the yeah. lights are off and it came straight from the head of Michael Jr. So I'm gonna wow. do that. In fact, for for the off the cuff moment, I'm gonna share with you guys what that is. But here's one thing I I wanna say in case there's some uh, pastors listening. I mean you may have talked about this before, but I think a great way to do a sermon possibly is to not put any scriptures in it. Hear me out, <laughs> I know it sounds crazy right now, but if you did, if you explained to your congregation, listen guys, this is, what we're about to talk about is deep, is very, very biblical, and I'm just gonna jump in. And I want you to tell me what scriptures I'm referring to as I get this lesson. Because then what happens is now they're potentially more engaged and their brain is like, and they may come up with some connections that that you didn't come up with because mm-hmm. you're just one person versus right. all these other people, and now right. their brain is thinking even more, like, "Oh snap! Ooh, what about Jeremiah? What about like that?" Could be a whole nother... You know,
3: I could roll with you on that if
0: uh-huh. I assume that people were biblically literate. Ah, but even if they're not, mm-hmm. now how much more engaged could they be? Meaning, you don't even have to be biblically literate. You you just the fact that you're telling a story about a guy who got shot and then he decided, okay. I'm gonna forgive this dude because I know a guy whose son got shot. Mm-hmm. And then um this this guy, his name is Asim, his son got shot as a gang initiation thing, he and didn't make it. Mm-hmm. And then Asim wow. goes to the prison and and meets the guy who did it. Yeah. And then it starts to be a father like one to him. Dude gets out of prison. And now they're traveling together talking about their story. Yeah. Wow. But so if you just hear that story mm-hmm. only. Right. Like in your heart, no matter how far away from the Bible, you, something will start to resonate that may make you even more curious about right. what is in this word that I can connect to that. Yeah. Because that is a different, I've never been there before. It could, right. it could draw you. In. So let yeah. me let me do an off the cuff moment. The off the cuff moment I wanna go off the cuff on is really what, um, uh, how prepared are you to present what it is you're called to present? This could be on a day-to-day. This could be uh, this could be your lifetime presentation. This could be the thing that you're supposed to present to the world in general. Are you prepared? Have you sat down and thought, what is it I'm called to present to my people? And when I say my people, I'm talking about anybody who happens to be around you. It could be your two-year-old son, or it could be your five-year-old daughter, or it could be your entire staff of 200 people at your company. What is it that you're supposed to present to them? And are you being careful and strategic and listening. So you can clearly understand exactly how you're supposed to present that thing. Because today I'm going to be presenting something to someone. And what is the overall message I want to give to them? Even without using the phrase love, will I still be conveying love? If you can figure out how to do that, if you can take a moment, just take a beat and ask yourself, am I showing love without saying it? Because if you can show it without saying it, it's so much more powerful to display it in that way. It is so much more powerful because you have a message and it's getting out there. But is it the message that you want to declare? It's funny how life works. I appreciate you. I love you. We're out.
1: Wow, that was really good about writing. Yeah. I learned some, some really good nuggets.
0: Yeah, that was dope. Cool. So it- you got you guys know what this is? This is like the stuff that talks we talk about after the show. Okay. Like and it shows up, yeah, on the podcast. Okay. Oh, it's a little banter stuff. Oh,
3: hey, we can banter with a key. Yes, can I
0: was... banter with you? That's weird the way you said it. <laughs> you
2: said it. <laughs> now we're like, we're not sure. Actually, I don't want to yeah.
1: be banter. You've low. <laughs> I was going hey, to set up some writing for our listeners to write Ooh. a review. Oh, yes, yes. Go
0: cool. write a review. Hey, let me tell them what that exercise is real quick. Yeah, go ahead. So the exercise that I had. I, I told Kyle he should try, and I was blessed when you tr- when you called me and said you actually did it. Mm-hmm. That stuff blessed me. It took our friendship to another level, like for real, dude. On a sca- like we was at a one, <laughs> we jumped to a one point two after nice. you did this. Wow! So the exercise was where this. are we now? And I may do this exercise at some point. Where we're now easily a. Nine. Oh, wow. Yeah, at a so, hundred. Like
2: oh, that. It you Adam. gotta be that person.
0: <laughs> Call to action. What what can they do? What can we give them?
2: So we're giving away
1: a free download of your comedy special, Laughing on Purpose.
0: Ooh! Wow! wow. My whole comedy special, Laughing on Purpose, free download. Go to where do they go to get it?
1: They just go to um, michaeljr. dot slash extra. And they can get the download.
0: microgym. slash extra boom. So here is the exercise that I uh, that that I said you should try. I said when your congregation, you did it with your staff. So you brought you you bring your people in a room, and you uh, make sure you're in a room where you can control the lighting, and then you say to them, "Hey, how many? What? Oh, in a minute, I'm gonna want you guys to write down what are five things or ten things you can do that would really, really change other people's lives for the good." Like if you could do, like you would just, these 10 things, just write down, ten, but don't start writing yet, just wait a second, I just want you to listen to me. What are 10 things you can do that's really going to just just change everybody around you for the good, and you could control them, you could actually do them. So in a moment, I'm going to write down these 10 things, I'm going to give you five minutes to write, You put five minutes on the clock, we need five minutes to write, and then ready, set, start writing now. And now people are writing, or they're looking for pens or whatever, and then boom, right there, you turn the lights off completely black about 30 seconds in. And when it's dark, you, you talk to them and you say, what makes you think you have that much time? Mm-hmm. And why are you not doing these things currently? Mm. Some of you guys only got one thing written down. Some of you don't even have an ink pen. Some of you don't have an idea on what you should write down. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, just let them sit there in the dark and think about why they're not prepared. Yeah, And then turn the light back on. And say, what are you going to do now? The light is there. It's there for you. Are you going to press forward? Are you going to get the thing done? Or are you just going to push that list to the back and keep doing what you were doing before? That's good. It is funny how life works.